0: Let's join the worship center at Life Church, where the service is already in progress. Over the next two weeks, God wants us to be ready. He wants us to be excited. He wants us to come in ready instead of have you ever have you ever known somebody that you got to inflate to get them going? Yeah. Like you know, you, you meet them, they're like, oh. They're like Eeyore. You know, we've talked about Eeyore a few times here at the church this morning. But they're like Eeyore. Hello, how you doing? Oh, my goodness. I never even set out the new notes. Miss Linda, can you do me a favor? They are two pages long. They are in my office on my desk, and I meant to staple them and bring them out to everybody. You might even staple them. Y'all going to have to pray for me this morning. So uh, with long sleep this morning, my my time schedule ran away from me. But God wants us ready. He wants us excited. He wants us anticipated. He wants us being ready. He wants us ready to go, revved up, not like you or you got to pump him up to get him going. You know, God wants us ready. So we're going to look at being ready. Anticipatory. Anticipating. Having a spirit of excitement and being ready for the things of God. Not having to be drugged into the things of God, but being ready to go in the things of God. So for the next two weeks, we're going to talk about go ready. Now, Psalm 62, verse 5, and Lynn is bringing you some notes so you can have them. But Psalm 62, verse 5 says, My soul, wait only upon God. And silently submit to him. For my hope and expectation are from him. So God wants us to be expecting. He wants us to be hopeful. He wants us to have good moods and good attitudes. He wants us to be excited about the things of Him. He said, My soul, wait only on God. Don't wait on people to to where you feel ready and excited. Don't wait on people to get you going. And when if I could just talk to that person, I know that they would make me feel better. Just like Andy's saying this morning, all we need is a little talk with Jesus. That's the only one that we need to wait on. He said, my soul, wait only on God. Wait only on Him and submit to Him for my hope and my expectation are from Him. So God wants our hope, our expectation to be found in God. You know, if we put our expectation in people, we're going to be let down. People will let you down. As much as I'm going to try not to do it, and I'm going to try my best to to not let you down, there may come a point in your life where I let you down. And I hope that doesn't happen. I hope it really doesn't. But we are people, and we are humans. And we from time to time are going to miss the mark and drop the ball. People are going to let you down. People are going to let you down. Our hope doesn't need to be in people. Our expectation doesn't need to be in people. Because if we wait for people, with some people you'll be waiting until Jesus comes back. Our hope, our expectation, should be only from the Lord. My soul wait upon God. Hang on to Him. Submit to Him. Place your life in submission to Him. My For my hope and my expectation are from Him alone. So we don't need to get caught up in waiting on people. And we don't need to get caught up on waiting on circumstances. You know, I found that there is never a perfect time. Not really. Many times we wait, oh, well, if this happens, then I can get started and do this for God. Or maybe if the kids will just get a little bit older, then my schedule will free up and I'll have more time to devote to God. Or once this project is over at work, then I'll be able to, to be able to get things right and I'll be able to have more time to pray and have more time. And and then if, if I could just get my spouse to line up with what I need him or her to do, then everything would be just fine. And I could walk in love and I could walk in peace if I could just get them up. And, and if I could just get this going, then everything will be okay. Circumstances are not always going to line up with our life. We need to put our hope, our trust, our expectation in Christ alone. What's that old song? I think it's Michael Bolton. I don't remember who it is. In Christ alone, I place my trust and find my glory in the power of the cross. Let it be said of me in every victory that all things are in Christ. Amen. Thank you, Lord. We don't put our faith in people. We don't put our expectation in people. We don't put our expectation in circumstances. We don't wait until everything is like we think it should be. We jump in Because God said, Do it. We jump in because His Word commands it. Our expectation, our hope, our faith is from, in, and through Jesus Christ. So this week and next week, we're going to look at being ready, being expecting. Those of you who have children, ladies especially, when you found out you were going to have a child, you began to get ready. You was preparing. You started taking vitamins. You might have changed your eating habits a little bit. You might have changed your behavior habits a little bit. You got a, a nursery, a place prepared. You, you got everything just right because you knew the time was coming when a child would arrive. We need to be in that atmosphere of expectancy. Preparing a place for God. You know, the Bible says that we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. We need to prepare our place for God and be ready and expecting and hoping and excited yes, about what God Lord. is going to do. Amen. Thank you, Lord. We need to get ready and be in an expectancy for what God is going to do in through us. And it's all about an attitude shift. When we're talking about going ready, we're talking about an attitude shift. We're, we're excited Thanks. to see what God's going to do and how he's going to use us to do it. Thank you, Lord. So there's a few areas that we're going to be looking at being ready and being expectant in. Preparing a place in our heart. And just like a mother who's expecting, getting things ready, putting things in order, lining our life up because we know what's coming. And so as we're expectant on God, we get things in order. We line up our life with the Word. And we sit in hope and in faith, patiently waiting on God. And waiting on God is not an idle thing. It's not a lazy thing. When we wait on God, it's not you get in your favorite comfy recliner with your glass of sweet tea or your favorite sonic drink and just sit there and just wait. I'm waiting on you, Jesus. I'm just going to sit here. Waiting on God is an active thing where we're doing everything that we know to do and we're waiting on him to do what he can do. So the first area of being ready and expectant and excited that we're going to look at this morning is our worship. God wants us to be expectant in our worship. When we come in here on Sunday morning, we should come in expecting to meet in God's presence, expecting to have the presence of God and encounter it when we walk in? What would happen if we came in expecting the presence of God? (laughs) Expecting an encounter with Him. And even in our worship at home through the week, because worship is not the Sunday morning song service. Worship is a lifestyle, and we've talked about that a whole lot. What would happen if we came to the point of worship expectant and excited and looking forward to it? First Chronicles sixteen twenty three through thirty one. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Show forth from the day to day His salvation. So the Bible commands us: sing to the Lord, everybody. Show forth from day to day His salvation. So it's not just a once-a-week thing, it's a daily lifestyle of worship, being expectant that you are going to live with, and encounter, and be in the presence of God. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous works among the people. So not only should we sing to the Lord, not only do we realize that it's an everyday thing, but we speak. About the Lord. Think back on your week this week. When's the last time you had a conversation about God? How often did you talk about God this week? How often did I talk about God this week? How often did I declare His glory? Or did I talk about His wondrous and marvelous works among the people? So it's a a music thing, it's an everyday thing, and it's a speaking thing. Being excited about worship. For great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. He also is to be reverently feared above all so-called gods. For all the gods of the people are lifeless idols, but the Lord made the heavens. Honor and majesty are are found in his presence. Strength and joy are found in his sanctuary. Ascribe to the Lord, you families of the peoples. Ascribe to the glory and sh- the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. So we should give all credit to God. So in this expectant worship, we sing, we praise, we speak. It's a daily thing. And we give God all the glory and all the credit.
1: Because without Him,
0: we are nothing. The Bible says our righteousness is as filthy rags. Without God, we're nothing. And we need to realize that. Ascribe to the Lord the glory to His name. Bring an offering and come before Him. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness and in holy array. Tremble and reverently fear before Him all the earth's people's. The world also shall be established, so it cannot be moved. Let the heavens be glad. Let the earth rejoice. And let the men say among the nations, the Lord reigns. So what's he talking about here? A daily lifestyle of giving glory, giving credit, giving honor to God. That's what he's looking for. He's looking for us to expect his presence. How do we live our life if every day, in every place that we live, we expect God to be right there with us? How do we treat people? How do we
1: drive down
0: the road? Because some of us need deliverance in our drive. My hubby would tell you that I would be one of those. But it wouldn't be for anger or anger. It would just be, you just don't think I it. <laughs> but we'll preach about that. But I look at it, it's like that thing on Facebook. I look at it and say, but did you die? You know, we, we say. <laughs> uh, You know? But we need to be an expectant Person expecting the presence of the Lord. How would we treat people if it was like in the days of the Bible, where the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us? If Jesus, if we could physically see Him standing right beside us, would our behavior change? He may not be in the flesh right beside us, but His Holy Spirit, the Bible says, dwells in the children of God. What would we expect in our worship if Jesus was made flesh and stood right beside us? How would that change our behavior? We may not be able to see Him, but He is here. And our life should be a reflection of his presence in it. Deuteronomy 29.18 Beware, lest there should be among you a man or a woman or family or tribe whose mind and heart turns away this day from the Lord our God. To go and serve other gods of these nations. Lest there should be among you a poisonous root that bears gall and wormwood. So when we turn away from God, when we don't prioritize Him first in our life, it's like a poisonous root that digs in deep and grows a harvest in our life. When we don't take time to worship God, when we don't take time to prioritize Him above all things, then it gets in there like a root that just grows a horrible harvest in our life. Isaiah 29, 13. The Lord said, For as much as this people draw near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but remove their heart and their mind far from me. And their fear and their reverence for me are a commandment of men that's learned by repetition without any thought as to its meaning. So what's God saying here? He's saying, I don't want lip service. I don't want you worshiping me because you feel obligated to do it or you feel like you have to. Or just because your grandma dragged you to church when you were little now, you got to. I want you doing things because you want to love on me. Because you want to worship me. Because you want to have a relationship with me. That's what God is saying here. They're just giving me lip service. These people. Talk about me with their mouth, but their heart is nowhere near me. Their fear and their reverence for me are just because some person told them to do it. And they learned it through repetition because this is the way we've always done it. That's right. God said, I don't want any part of that. I want authentic, expected worship. I want genuine worship. I want worship not because it's something that you think you've got to do because somebody told you that's what you're supposed to do. I want worship, God says, because you want to worship me. He said, don't do worship. Don't do a relationship with me without any thought of the meaning of what you're doing. But be genuine. Have a kind of true Relationship with me, God says. Look at Revelation 14, verse 7. And he cried with a mighty voice, Revere God! Give him glory and honor and praise and worship! For the hour of his judgment has arrived. Fall down before him. Pay homage and adoration and worship him who created the heaven and the earth the sea and the springs and the fountains of water so we worship God at all times we fall down before him there will come a day where every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that the Lord is God Amen. God wants us to bow before that day there will come a day where we stand in judgment before him and we will recognize whether we want to or not, whether we lived a life for him or we didn't, that the Lord, he is God. But God is desiring and wanting us to recognize that before the judgment day, to bow down before him before the judgment day, to worship him before the judgment day we should be expecting our worship. When we come in, we should be excited about getting in the presence of God. I can't wait for to have fellowship with you. I can't wait to talk to you. And that's the next thing that we're going to talk about expectancy. (coughs) We should go ready to talk to God so we go ready to worship. We expect, we have expectancy and hope and excitement in our worship. The next thing is, we have expectancy and excitement and hope and faith ready to talk to God. Jeremiah 29, 11 through 13. For I know the thoughts and plans that I have for you, says the Lord. Thoughts and plans for welfare and peace and not evil. To give you hope in your final outcome. Then you will call upon me. And you will come and pray to me. And I will hear you and heed you. You will seek me and inquire for and require me as a vital necessity, And find me when you search for me. With all of your heart. God is looking for us to go after him. With all of our heart. Not halfway into it. But both feet in. All in. Why? Because he has a good plan for your life. He has a plan for you. He thinks of you. And this plan is for good and not evil. God hopes about you. He gets excited about you. Why? Because you're his child. Those of you with kids... When you see them, you've been away from them for a couple of days, and you finally get to go see them, man, you're excited. You're expectant. You're looking forward to seeing your kid. Why is it God any different? He's excited about us, He wants good for us. Those of you who are parents, you don't want bad for your children, you don't want evil for your children, you want good. And God's the same way. He has a good plan for our life. Now, okay, so you may be thinking, well, then why does all this bad stuff happen if God has a good plan? Well, because people are messed up. And people are without God. <clears throat> and just because God has a good plan doesn't mean that people follow that plan. God gives us our own choice to choose whether or not we will obey Him. And many times, things happen because people don't choose to follow God. They choose to follow their own flesh and their own desires and their own way. God is looking for us to be excited about talking to Him. The very Creator of the universe wants a chat with you. He wants to talk to you. He wants you to talk to him. John 10, 27. The sheep that are my own here and are listening to my voice. And I know them. And they follow me. And this kind of gets into the next one. But we talk to God and he hears. And he speaks to us. Hebrews 4, 11 through 12. Let us therefore be zealous and exert ourselves and strive diligently to enter into the rest of God, to know and experience it for ourselves, that no one may fall or perish by the same kind of unbelief and disobedience into which those in the wilderness fell. For the word that God speaks is alive and full of power making it active and operative and energizing and effective. It's sharper than any two-edged sword, penetrating in the, into the dividing line of the breath of life, soul and the immortal spirit, of the joints and marrow, to the deepest parts of our nature, exposing and sifting and analyzing and judging the very thoughts and purposes of the heart. God wants us to be zealous in our pursuit Of resting in Christ. Of being obedient to him. Of having a relationship with him. Having dialogue with him. And realizing that his word is alive and active. That his word never fails. That his word is sharper than a sword. Job so 33.14 For God does reveal his will. And he speaks not only once but more than once even though men do not regard it including me, Job. So we speak to God and God speaks back. This and the next go hand in hand. We speak to God and God speaks back. He is looking for a dialogue with us. 2 Timothy 3, 15-17. And now from your childhood you have had knowledge of and been acquainted with the sacred writings, which are able to instruct you and give you the understanding for salvation which comes through faith in Jesus Christ. Through the learning of the entire human personality on God in Christ Jesus, or leaning, not learning, through the leaning of the entire human personality on God in Christ Jesus and absolute trust and confidence in His power, wisdom, and goodness. Every scripture is God-breathed, given by His inspiration, and profitable for instruction and reproof and conviction of sin, for correcting of error and discipline and obedience, and for training in righteousness, in holy living, in conformity with thought and purpose and action, so that the man of God may be complete and proficient, well-fitted, and thoroughly equipped for every good work. God not only wants us to speak to him, but he wants to speak to us. And there are lots of ways that God talks to us. Many people are like, oh, you know, there are no more burning bushes. Those were all in the Old Testament. And yes, I have yet to see a burning bush with a voice coming out of it. And if I see one, I'm probably going to have to think on it a minute before I start talking back to it. God can speak in an audible voice if he wants to. But he also uses other ways to talk to us. Second Timothy tells us that he uses his word. He uses the word of God. The Bible. The sacred writings. He uses those to instruct us. To teach us how to live. That's why it's so important to learn the word of God. Because they're his words to us. You know, people don't really write handwritten letters anymore. We email and we text and we Facebook and we message and we do all this stuff. So, whenever you get a handwritten letter in the mail, it's a big deal. You carefully open it up and you begin to read the contents and you're excited to receive it. God has written us a letter His Word, the Bible the sacred writings. We should be excited and expectant every single time that we read the word that God is going to speak to us. Every time we get in the Bible that God is going to speak to us. And you may say, but I'm reading numbers and how is God going to talk to me in all these people's names and I can't even pronounce half of them. But if you look up those names, There's a story written in the meaning of all those names. In the lineage of Jesus, if you go back and study from Adam all the way to Jesus, the men in the the family that goes all the way down to Jesus, it tells the whole gospel story through the meaning of each person's name. We can learn even from the book of Numbers. We can learn from every part of the Bible, the sacred writings. They are there to instruct us and to teach us. The Word of God, the Bible, is there for understanding, for salvation, which comes through faith in Christ Jesus, through leaning our entire self on God in Christ, giving Him absolute trust and confidence in his power and his wisdom and his goodness. Every scripture, every writing in the Bible is God breathed, given by his inspiration, profitable for instruction, profitable for reproof and conviction of sin. So, not only is the Word of God going to teach us something, but the Word of God is going to correct us. <coughs> And it's going to show us where we have made mistakes, where we have missed the mark, where we have sinned. Don't get all up in arms and all frustrated and all mad at God when you read something in the Bible that shows you, hey, you might have been doing this wrong. Correction by God is not supposed to be some horrible event. doesn't like correcting us. Those of you with kids, and I know I'm talking about kids a lot this morning, but God is our Father. And if we look at Him as a Father, we can see that He has our best interest at heart in everything that He does. Just like when you're correcting a child and you're showing them where they're wrong, you don't, you don't want to You know, you don't get excited, yeah, 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 I get to get you. You've just been horrible. Come here and let me just beat the (laughs) mess. That might be what you're thinking. But no, it's not fun to correct your kid. It's not happy days are here again. Why? Because you want what's best for your kid. You want your kid to do good. You want your kid... To just do right and be right. And you want to bless your kid. You want to do good for your kid. You want to spoil the mess out of your kid. But we don't love our kids. And we know this. That if we don't correct our kids when they're wrong. We don't really love them. And we bring correction. Because we want better for them. And we want them to want better for their self. We show them where they're wrong to where they don't have to go around that mountain again. And when God brings correction to us, he's not excited about it. But he knows that it's in our best interest to show us where we've made a mistake. So that we can correct it and we can go forward and we don't get stuck in a holding pattern of mistake after mistake after mistake. So the Scripture teaches us. The Scripture shows us where we are wrong and convicts us of things that we are doing wrong, not in line with His Word. It's for correction of error and discipline and obedience So it's to show us how to obey. It's to show us how to get out of error. And the word of God is for training in righteousness. So it's going to teach us how to live. It's going to teach us how to walk in right standing with God. That word righteousness means right standing with God. It's going to show us how to be holy in our living. Jesus said, be holy because I'm holy. It's going to teach us how to conform to God's will in thought and purpose and action. Why? So he can have a bunch of robots down on, on the earth going, praise the Lord, hallelujah, thank you Jesus. No. Because he wants us to be complete. He wants good for our life. And good only comes by following the word of God. He wants us to be well-fitted and thoroughly equipped to every good work. He wants us to be the very best us that we can be, the very best version of ourselves. And he knows that that only comes when we line our life up with his commands and his word. God wants to talk to us, and he wants us to talk to him. God wants us to be excited about His things and walking in expectancy, walking in anticipation, walking in hope, and living with God. Let's you. Thank you for joining us today. We would love to hear from you. You can write to us at Post Office Box 1004. That's P.O. Box 1004, Monticello, Arkansas, 71657. Or you can email us at lci.monticello at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. You can also check out our website. It's www.getlife.co. That's www.getlife.co. There you can find Pastor Kelly and Pastor Josh's sermon notes and you can see what's going on all through the week at Life Church. We would love to have you in one of our services with us. Join us Sunday morning at 10:30 a.m. for our worship service. Pastor Kelly ministers and it's a great time in the presence of God. Or you can join us for Digging Deep on Tuesday nights at 6.30 p.m. Pastor Josh digs into the Word of God, connecting the Old Testament with the New Testament and giving us a fresh biblical perspective from God's point of view. We hope that you have a great week this week. Remember, go live to make God look good. God bless you till we're with you again.